sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for you and me. In his dungeon, we have Nate Seven. Tonight we have Quiv joining us after his daily stalking of Sean Atley. Gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> G'day. <laughs> uh, I give you guys shit. Um, and our guest for this evening is Young Schmutt. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but anyway, um, he is joining us from it. the Jack Watts Crystal School for the Potentially Gifted. Welcome, Schmutt. <laughs> G'day, boys. Um, and for tonight's podcast, we're firstly going to run through what's been happening on Big Footy in the AFL, and then we'll run through the the VFL and a review of the Carlton game, which starred Sean Attlee, of course, and the preview against the Godies, and then we'll finish with a proper interview with Smart about good old Melbourne. So firstly, I'll move on to what's been happening on Big Footy. Um, I think everyone can guess what's been happening on Big Footy with the sympathy for it. Um, a few, two positive tests came back for TB4 drug in urine samples. So Philly Roo's been obsessing about urine puns and memes. <laughs> He's all about piss. It's all yep. about his piss javelin. Um, and anyway, um, it's read the Eston Saga's ugly head again. Um, Chief's loving this because it means more traffic for him and more money for him. Um, Nate, I just wanted to get your opinion on what you believe the final outcome of the Essendon saga will be. Uh, final outcome, unsure, but I think between now and if that ever happens, it'll be long and drawn out. It'll be appeals and all sorts of things. They'd probably go to The Hague if they could. That'll be good old James Hurd if you can go to the International the World Court. Um, in the meantime, it's only what two cases that have come back with unusually high. I think the words were for TB4. Uh, so this is only for the two players. I don't know what's come back with any of the other players. Uh, and, of course, the Essendon supporters are all up in arms saying, oh, well, it's only two and it's not the, the rest of the 34. So, therefore, uh, what are Asada and Wada on there making stuff up? Well, that's just typical of the Essendon supporters at the moment. Um, where do I think it'll happen? I think at some point... I just wish it would go away. I just wish it would finish. But that means, oh, look, I'd rather it just, you know, ran its due proper process um, <clears throat> as much as Essendon and everyone else wants it to go away. Even I do too. But uh, it's not just the game that's at stake. There are many other things that are at stake. There's commercial things. There are other sports. There's just um, all sorts of things. Uh, they may get a suspension. If they do, it may be just a very light one just to appease... Uh, the rest of the population or whoever else is looking on and I uh, just see it sort of going away and then Essendon supporters saying, oh, we got away with that. 
I really don't think they'll, they'll get the two years and I don't think there'll be team-wide sanctions. But uh, I think, Kanga, you were saying that there's not much evidence at the moment. But then again, there hasn't been much to price, um, to take down Lance Armstrong in the past. Uh, Marion Jones, her partner, the Fistina cycling team, uh, actually quite a few cycling teams. So, oh, yeah, I, I don't think they'll get the full two years, but I also don't think there'll be two-year suspension, uh, team-wide suspension. What do you think? Um, in terms of, in terms of that. I agree with all your points there. I'm thinking more maybe club punishment kind of thing, whether there'll be any impact on that. I don't think there will be. As I said, I just haven't seen... I just like to see the evidence. I'm one of these... I have a history degree, so I like seeing all the evidence presented before me. I just haven't seen enough to, you know, you know, convict them, so to speak. I like making fun of this, and then everyone does. They're one of those teams you just love to make fun of, like Richmond. But, um... <laughs> and the Bulldogs. Nate likes this. Mm. Um... <laughs> But um, no, I just—I'm not sure. I'm just going to have to wait for the court case and all the evidence to come out. Um, Schmuck, what's your opinion on the whole saga? Sorry, I just had to unmute myself. Uh, I'm sick of it, to be honest. Like, I can't stand Eston, and I love nothing more than them to enter the doldrums like we've been in for the past what decade. But I don't know. It's hard. Like you guys were saying before, it's hard to see when it's going to finish because there's going to be appeals and the AFL is going to do everything in its power so Essendon don't get suspended because Essendon are a supposed big four member and they wouldn't, well, they wouldn't want to happen to any club really because it would like be shocking for the sport. It's hard to see an end for it, to be honest, like at least in the short term because this is going to go on and on. Like I could maybe see, I think it's probably more likely that the club, maybe a couple of players get sanctioned, but the club will get away with it. But yeah, I'm just sick of it. I hate reading about this. It's just like the goods thing. I just want to read about football. I don't want to read about crap. <laughs> uh, we talked about the goods thing last week. That that thing dragged on too much and got too much airtime. Um, moving on to something a bit more positive. Uh, the run home for North Melbourne. Um, Quiff, I wanted to get your opinion on where you think we'll finish at the end of the year. Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to be the bottom half bottom end of the eight, um, which is, in my opinion, a failure. I was expecting top four. Um, I thought we were good enough to be top four. So I see probably six being as high as we can get if we're lucky, but I see a seventh or eighth. So who do you reckon our finals matchup will be? Uh, that is a good question. Um, <coughs> Richmond. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping so. I would love to play Richmond two weeks in a row and beat them two weeks in a row. Um, but I'd also still go on about having more talent than everyone, every other team, more top-end talent. Uh, it never stops coming from their mouths. That shit just is a non, non-stop pouring out. Yeah, every single year with Versum, we have more top-end talent than North. We're so superior to North. It's only North's bottom six players, but every year we embarrass them. Yeah, uh, I can't. I don't know when we last lost to them. I know there was a draw, I think, in there somewhere, and maybe one loss in the recent years. But I think like round six, two, three years ago or something. Like yeah, that. it's been a while. Um, another team I wouldn't mind playing and knocking out is the Bulldogs. I'm not a fan of yes. them either. So, so I think either way, it's a um, no matter who we draw. I think we we were a good chance to pass uh, into the next round of finals. That's for sure. And that Bulldogs final will be interesting, like. Be like playing a nice open brand of football. It should be interesting. It'll be yeah. entertaining anyway. 
Um, I'm also uh, would be quite interested to see the crowd in that. You know, we're two small clubs with not very many members or anything like that. Uh, it would be good to see what kind of crowd turns out to a final between two, I guess, what people call minnow clubs. Would well, you reckon it'll be at Etihad? Like, would we push for that, or would it be at the MCG? Uh, I highly doubt it would be at the It'll MCG. be at the MCG. They're contra- contractually yeah. obligated. Although they do have to play a final that he had every few years. Sorry to butt in, but yeah, that's for uh, the contract oh, yeah, AFL. Okay. You're right. Okay. Um, just a quick question. What guy, games do you guys see yourselves losing in the last five? Because I'm looking at your run home now, and I can probably see you winning four out of five, if not five, to be honest. Like, maybe the Freo game you'll lose, but... Yeah, Fremantle's the danger one. Depends on what Freo flies over. We know rough lines. Fremantle, but also Bulldogs can... I know Nate will probably slaughter me in my sleep if I said this, but I think they could easily overrun us. Like they're playing some pretty good football. Mm. Um, Don't and we, that. Give me your address. I'm coming around. <laughs> <laughs> you have to catch a flight. And <laughs> um, Happy yeah, in the morning. We've been, we've been known to be a bit flaky against lesser sides. I still think we're a better side than the Bulldogs, and... What Collingwood showed is if you know if you outrun us and beat us in the contest, you know we can get goals leaked against us so badly. Like it doesn't matter what team, like Richmond, not Richmond, sorry, Collingwood are such an average team, but they scored so many goals in that third quarter against us. It was embarrassing. Oh yeah, what was it nine? Okay, so nine goals. just to go through to answer our um, opposition guys' question, we'll go through it. So you've got Melbourne. Okay, you might say comfortable win St Kilda and Hobart. Win. Yeah. Uh, Plugger was yeah. a moral victory for the Saints. Fremantle, I could see. Look, I can see five out of five. The only one I. Fremantle, yeah, 50 50. Legitimate 50 50. Richmond, yes. Bulldogs, yes. So then we could be looking at sixth position. I mean, okay, we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves because we're not the Bulldogs, we're not Richmond, but. <sighs> Look, look, it's going to happen. Um, it could even be sort of eight, nine. But uh, then again, this also comes down to which North shows up. There is the potential to lose Richmond. There's a potential to lose the last three in a row. It could be dire straits. But Ross uh, also yeah. has a history of resting players before finals. Yeah, well, how well, many years ago was a couple of years ago when Frio took... What, they dropped 9, 10, 11 or 12 of their top 22 players yes. playing in Launceston against Hawthorne in a home and away match and they got absolutely smashed. They also yeah. did it at, um, And they beat Hawthorne in the finals in the same year. Correct. Mm. Yep. They did that. Didn't they do that last year as well against the Saints or was that just the Saints? They've done it two years in a row against the Saints. <laughs> They actually have a match both times. Oh, gosh. I can talk about losing to St Kilda. Fuck. <laughs> Jeez, that's an experience that we haven't felt for a while. Oh, would you want to? No. I think Melbourne was, hasn't beaten us, what, 13 times? It's getting to that stage for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I guess if you compare that, I'd rather that and have a recent record against Essendon, though, excluding this year. But we, well, we had a mild victory anyway because we won every stat except, like, points scored. So. <laughs> Hang on. Just on that subject, of all this, of the AFL team pairings, and you look at longest-running win-loss, I think North Melbourne v Melbourne, North Melbourne has that record for the most amount of wins well in recent history. 
I think Hawthorne so. and Saints have got the record for the same amount of years, but they've played less games because we've played you twice in the season on more than we've played them twice this season, I believe. Uh, we've okay. lost 21 in a row, and if he had. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Where are we playing? MCG. Fuck. Uh, we'll oh, well. Be this year. I'm pretty confident of that. <laughs> We'll move, move on to the VFL, then we're getting a bit off topic. Um, Nate, um, how do you see the VFL penning it this weekend? So this week, um, who have I got? I've got North Ballarat against Geelong down at Eureka. Uh, both games are on this. Actually, all three of our games are on the Sunday. Uh, North Ballarat should win that, even though they're sitting in 12, Geelong 10. <clears throat> Essendon 5 v Werribee 6. That'll be... Uh, good game down at where uh, not Werribee down at um, Windy Hill Sunday midday. Uh, they're both sitting on 36 points, so they're equal there at the moment. And I'm pretty sure Casey, just for our opposition poster, are sitting in eighth the minute, so they're doing okay. Um, what else have I got here? So what else do you want to know, Kanga? From uh, just, sort of stuff. just with the Gibson, was he named on the? Sensor is oh, yeah, I know we're going to go into it later with the re- well, sorry, the preview, but um, so Gibson, even though he's named in the extended bench for North Melbourne on, with the seven on the bench, he is named, someone correct me, on the wing, I think, for Werribee. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so that's, I reckon that might be a bit of an, an indictment on his, well, it might be sort of the death knell for him for a bit. Uh, I think we're going to get into it later where we say that I think that he might be out of that extended bench. I don't know if he's going to be an emergency that day or not. don't even know if there's going to be a late change, actually. He is listed, um, as are a few of the others. From I think Door Turner, who else is listed there? LMAC may be listed. Someone correct me there again. Um the mids, oh geez, the mids for uh, North Ballarat would be interesting. So you've got Basti, BMAC, and Ben Warren is named, even though he's on the extended bench for North. So that'll be excellent. Not... Getting off the rookie list. Yeah, second time, two years second in a row. Time. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not, you know, one game, one possession and jettison to oblivion like it was last time, but they're my own thoughts. There's one more uh, game than Aiden Kennedy. <laughs> You're not going to forget his age. Yeah, okay, I admit I was wrong. <laughs> I think the whole, half the board was wrong on that one. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't get it back then because you'd only just joined. Um, I was wrong and I pumped his tyres up, which he did uh, big time. I've done that to a few players and got it completely wrong. Um, just a quick one. Where would be best from the weekend? I was just having a look through a few of the highlights. Uh, McMahon, as you like to call him, I don't even know why you like McMahon. McMahon, Dorwood, Harper. Yeah, to an extent, it was pretty good. What's this rumour that he had 17 tangles? Did you hear that? Surely yeah, that was. That. That, is that crap or what? Um, no. We're not the sure. The boy got it wrong? Uh, he, kind of like he counted tackles that weren't quite tackles. You mean like North Melbourne tackles where they break free easily yeah, the opposition? They, yeah. Like a yeah. former J Mac tackle. Sorry, Phil Dieru. Um like, oh, you're not sorry. That's cool. Um yeah, so even the North report was saying that Harper had nine, which is still great. Uh his defense <clears throat> is fine, he's just not getting the pill. Yeah. Well we'll just wait and see what happens coming years in with 
Uh, yeah, he and a few others. Harper? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to be. He's on a rookie list. He's just he's, he's got, what, six possessions in a VFL game. Yeah, but then again, last year he was absolute garbage, but he had that many injuries it wasn't funny, and he was playing That's off half he, sh- he should have been building one out. He's had some good games. He has had a few good games in a row, but he hasn't gone back to being the old way. So, look, his intent is there. His passion is there. He's more upbeat. His skills have improved. His footy brain has improved, if that's even possible, um, which is more marginally. Um, I, I think he will be. I think Max Warren, yeah, I'm not sure, actually. I really uh, don't think so. I think he'll go the way of um, Sirikowski, you know, like throw him maybe a game or two, but he's gone. Yeah, but I don't think there's any trade potential there, so it'll be a case of D-list and... Yeah. Well, if he wants to enter the rookie draft, so I be think Nahas would be picked up again. Like, we'll sign him to another year. Yeah, he, he'll go through. North, yeah, just while I'm on it, so North Ballarat, Nahas kicking, oh, what, seven goals, having a good day out. Even Brad McKenzie had a good day. Ben Warren, not Ben Warren. I'm still, why am I saying that? Sorry, Max Warren. Um, you'll want him back. Yeah. Ben Warren. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, I why think he's, isn't he a monk in the Da Vinci Code? <laughs> what the fuck? He's an albino, isn't he? <laughs> what drugs are you on, man? Um, can you stay away from Windy Hill, please? Okay. Um, look, I know some of the other guys on the North would like to hear about some of the VFL guys who are not North list. So, as usual, it's Miles Sewell, uh, Rippon, and Coleman Shack is great. While I'm on it, uh, Jake Wilson from Werribee has been invited to the State Combine. He's been in, uh, he had to be nominated and then seconded by a few of the AFL coaches. So it was good to get him from Werribee. He's one of five or six players to come out of the VFL and be invited to the state leagues, which is great. Um, away from that, I think that's pretty much it for the VFL. So if you want to move on, that's cool. But, yeah, we'll um, move on to the review of the game with Quiv. Um, it was a pretty boring game, eh, Quiv? Uh, that's one way to describe it, yeah. Um, what, 58 points or something in the end? Oh, 61, um, wasn't it? Or? Uh, whatever it was, it was a flogging. Um, a fist. Yeah, it was. Um, Sean Atley, obviously the best on ground, uh, followed, <laughs> followed closely by Sean Higgins. Um, not really much to talk about in this one. Uh, yeah. She, yeah, I really don't know what to say. Sorry, Kate. <laughs> You're right, mate. Um, <laughs> as for my players, I thought were pretty good. I won't have a top three or five like Nate, like Nate likes to do, but um, Jacobs was, <laughs> um, Jacobs was, I thought, was pretty good. Even though Murphy got off the chain in the first half, he kept in something like eight, eight to ten possessions in the second half. They have 26, so that was pretty good. Second half effort, he got... 20 to 21 disposals himself and used the ball pretty well. Um, so he's coming along nicely. I expect him to get a new contract very soon. He's one of my favourites alongside Lockie Hanson because everyone loves Doogie. Um, Waite was presented well. He tackled well. Um, Brown was pretty quiet. Petrie, Peachy's finding a bit of form. Thomas was it good late, but he was a bit more of a front runner for my liking. People aren't going to like me for that, but that's my opinion. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I, I gave him a roast 
one of the first podcasts and I'm well second podcast I think. And some people questioned me about it, but I, I think and then he was dropped two weeks later, kind of thing. So I was right in saying it that his defensive pressure is just not quite there, and that's why I'd like Turner and Garner in and Naha should, when he comes in he should be, be providing that defensive pressure that we need and that we should be focusing on as a team. Um, Zebo was pretty good though he had a really poor second quarter like most of the team. Tarrant um, is pretty good. There's been a bit of talk about trade with him on the north board but that trade threat's still in my head in. Um, wasted 10 minutes of my life reading it. Um, so we'll move on to a bit of a preview of the game. Um, congratulations to Dom Tyson. I believe it's his 50th game, so congrats to him. Uh, Quiv, a bit of a preview of the game, mate. Yeah, so again, I picked this being very much like the Carlton game. Uh, not much going on. No offence to our Melbourne uh, mate present with us at the moment. Um, I'm taken. <laughs> uh, haven't beaten this in what seems like my entire lifetime, so I'm not really that interested in this game at all. Um, as for the matchups, we I will expect uh, Sam Gibson to finally be dropped. So um, that's a that's a nice little North present for us, Northboard. <laughs> I see Max Warren coming in for him. Uh, myself, uh, don't see why he'd be. Listed elevated, and elevated. Played, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for, elevated, if he wasn't going to be playing this week. Um, as for a preview, I see, personally, I, I haven't watched Melbourne that much this year. Uh, I, I see them being uh, lining up basically as named, apart from a few changes. Um, um any other Sorry. matchups you see? Sorry, having a coughing fit. <laughs> um, uh. Sorry, oh. another one. <laughs> hey, right, mate. Um, oh, I'll help you out with a few of the matchups for what I've got. Um, so obviously Gorn and Goldstein, so that'll be quite good. Um, for our midfield, I see Zebel going to Tyson. Higgins and maybe Grimes, and Higgins is in form, and Grimes can negate him a bit. I actually do see Jacobs going to tag Vince, who's in good touch, and also... Oh, I remember who's going to go to Harvey. Sorry, Viney will play on Harvey, 100%, I reckon, thinking that's, about that now. That's an, it's going to be interesting whether the young fella can antagonise him. That's going to, there's going to be a lot of words exchanged between those two, I think. Well, there was the last couple of times. <laughs> He's a pretty angry boy, Jack. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, also have Swallow, Cunners, and Del Santo going to head to head with Jones, Viney, and Brayshaw, who's an absolute bull of a kid, and I'll love him at North. Um, if Gibson isn't dropped, he'll probably go to a Vandenberg or Mishi or Newton if he's depends on the ins and outs of Melbourne. And for us, um, for our forward line, I have. McDonald on Petrie, Dunn on Brown, and Garland on Waite. Though that's probably that'll be changed around. Um, I have Jeddah, who's had a pretty good year for Melbourne. I really, I reckon he's you know resurrected his career a bit. And you'll probably go to Thomas. He's been a bit up and down. Um, How on Garner, and How might play that intercept third up kind of role. Um, 
and the Lumba will probably go off half back into the midfield kind of thing, like Guard Del Sino does. Uh, for a back line, I'll see Tarrant on Hogan, Thompson on Dawes, maybe a Hanson on Watts, or maybe a Wright on the Watts. Hanson will probably try and play that intercepts third up type role. Um, McDonald probably go in a midfield type, and Atley will probably go go on Garlet and try and expose him the other way, kind of thing. Um, how do you see the match panning out, mate? Yeah, well, it's interesting um, you say that. We're all very confident we're just going to extend this winning streak against um, Melbourne to I don't know, in the next couple of years. Hanson on Watts. I think you said. Um, now, it's interesting because, as we were talking in the pre-show, so Watts likes to roam across the field or up and down the field uh, and doesn't really stick to the forward 50. Hanson won't. So this is where, Kanga, you were talking about possibly a Sam Wright or someone else on him because Wright will go with him all day long. And I think Yeah, and I think for structural purposes and reasons that Hanson won't follow him if Watts goes up the field. So it'll be a case of maybe... A, uh, almost a tag team on him, uh, even though he's not, he hasn't really been that dangerous. Um, I'd be interesting to hear young Garlet and who, who did you say was on Garlet? Because, like, I really, as, I know you said it was, the team was named as is, but I mean, you reckon that's how it'll stay, but, um, no. Well, I, I don't know about Garlett staying there. That's definitely a matchup I feel Melbourne could exploit. Like Atley's a good player, but defensively, I think Garlett would be able to. Well, sorry, Garlett would be able to get the better of him if like it's those two against each other in the fifty. But do you think just, that Garlett's going to stay there in the forward pack pocket? He, well, he, well, he, he's actually got in for a few centre bounces this year, but a lot of the times, I don't know why, for some reason, he's actually the last player in our chain. Because what he what he does a lot is we try and do that slingshot thing where he pushes right up the ground and then ducks out the back and he does it. At, you notice during games he ducks out the back a lot. He'll do it in the fifty. Like we, he's kicked a lot of Joe the Gooses this year because he just runs out the back, gets the kick over the top. He kicked one against Collingwood last week doing that, and we actually did it last time play Collingwood. He did it twice as well. So he will push up, but he push it like. He, his, ta- his pressure's been pretty good. I think he had 10 tackles against West Coast, but he's not going to follow... Like, he's going to push up the field, but he's not going to take much notice of Atley. He's just going to try and get Atley going back the other way and just lose him in traffic. Watts does a similar thing, but he doesn't quite push into the 50. Like, if Watts was on Hanson, he'll try and play up the ground and then use his pace to catch him back the other way. Because Watts is a pretty average, like, mark, especially for a tall player. But he'll try and catch people using his pace, and Garlett does the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Kanga, so who will go on Garlet then, though? Because pace for pace, it's all gone. Unless Mullet comes in, but even then, Mullet's not. Would McDonald yeah. play on him? He's played on green. I could see it happening, but as you said, like, he's got pace. If he ducks at the back, McDonald's not going to catch him. Fair few can catch him. Ooh. <clears throat> I hazard a guess... But, okay, let's just go through. So the seven on the bench, okay, so El Nahas, Daw, Turner, Mullet, Gibson, Warren. I mean, for me, I'd say Daw, Turner, and Gibson out of that seven. Kanga, what about you? Yeah, I've got the same. So, who's the sub? Warren. Don't fucking say Warren. Too late. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably happen because he hasn't played for... Eons, and he only plays down in the, in the back pocket, but only played his first game on the wing. With this game, I can't see him playing 
uh, in the back six much, if at all. Not with Melbourne's types, no. That's exactly right. Because of a height issue and because of speed, well... Because even if they rest, say, a brace or, you know, one of the midfielders, like, they've got some absolute inside balls that rest up forward for them. Mm, look, I see, if Warren was in, I'd see him down the wing. Uh, I really can't see him in a back pocket at all, just because of who's playing um, up forward. And there's no way... If, if someone said to me, oh, will, you, will he take Garlett? There's no way. Uh, Warren hasn't got the speed nor the fitness to keep up with him. But uh, I really haven't got a clue because with, I know you asked me about Garlett earlier and I think it'll be a case of zoning off and a few other things. And remember, North will keep to their structures. I don't think they're going to play uh, a full tag on him or at least attempt to. So for that reason, I just think it'll be a couple of players that will rotate through that responsibility. And... Fuck me. No, I, look, I'd rather actually have Luke McDonald as a sub just because, you know, I just, I, you, what is the point of bringing the guy for one game to then delist him, being Max Warren? Brad Scott. <laughs> is Jumont in the team this week? I haven't looked at your... No, he's playing for North Ballarat down at um, Eureka Stadium this week. So he and even, even Bastonac's playing... Which is funny going back to the VFL because there's like Bastanak, Brad McKenzie, and War- actually Max Warren's listed. They're all listed to play in the centre for North Ballarat. So even Dumont plays on the same side. Um, but he had a league injury last week and he was rested from the VFL game. So he's a 50 50 to get up for that game. Still don't know what's going to go. Pretty sure he's been listed though. Um, but yeah, geez, he would be a handy inclusion, especially at the MCG, wouldn't he? Uh, a Dumont, but um, yeah, Max Warren, he, he can take the um, he likes the open field I, I wouldn't say he's sort of more suited to Eddie had, uh, just because he's so used to playing in the open elements of the Eureka and how windswept it is, so he'd be great at the MCG um, as for matchups, it's going to be there's going to be a lot of um, I think there's going to be quite a few changes because I just as as it's written on paper I just can't see it happening, I really cannot I think there's going to be a little bit of experimentation, and I think you'll see that with some of the mids going back, actually. I really do. I don't it's know, just back. a random thought. Oh, what? I can't put Zebul back in the back line. He's just going to get exploited. Um, probably leave him up forward with him and Cunners. Ben Cunnington down back at all? Just um, I said Jacob's going back there. He's done that a few times. Just oh, he does it a bit. Yeah, so he's been in Cunnington. Remember what I said a couple of weeks ago? Cunners did it to Watson, what, twice this year? Actually, yeah, he's not the worst backman. He's just he's pretty strong in the one-on-ones kind of thing. Um, That's exactly right. I just don't see Zeb. I just don't think Zebul's got the no. defensive now, so like Cunnington does, because Cunnington's... What he does in the clearance area and what he used to do was the defensive side of the clearances, like, you know, the blocking and whatnot. Um, Zeb was just a ball, like, he bullocks. He's not, you know, like, negate someone on a lead kind of thing, like a cunner's could. Mm. Um, so, well, okay, well, we've got a bit of dead air. So, for our opposition um, questions. This Neil Bullen, what can you tell us about him and where do you see him slotting into the side? Uh, Alex Neil Bullen, he was, I think, pick, I think from memory he was high 30s last draft, best mates with Billy Stretch, who we drafted under Father Son. Um, he's been up and down since he came in. He came in against the Saints, I think, 
I think he probably had about 10 possessions, like maybe looked a little bit out of his depth when we lost by a point at Etihad. And then the next week, he kicked three down at Geelong, had a really good game when we rolled them down there. Was in the side for a couple more weeks, got dropped um, when we played the Saints and had 40 touches in the VFL, so they put him straight back in last week. Didn't do a whole lot last week. He's he's more of like a, a pretty, I'd say he's tallish for a midfielder. He's, a, he's an inside midfielder. He's not a forward. Like, we've been doing that a lot with Brayshaw, Billy Stretch, Neil Bourne, like, playing our midfielders across half-forward, number one, because we're missing genuine half-forwards, like Dean Kent, who's been out with a hamstring, and number two, like, we've got a hell of a lot of inside players in the midfield, and a lot of them, like, aside from Billy Stretch, who's more of a wingman, they're all they're all very similar to each other, and, like, Neil Bourne's not going to get a game over Jones or Vince or Viney or whatever, and same with guys like Brayshaw. Well, Brayshaw goes in there a bit, but he's still going to spend probably about 30-40% midfield and then probably about 40% up forward so he's, I think we've debuted three first year players this year, we've debuted Brayshaw Stretch and Neil Bullen and it's good, good to see them get games, been a bit of debate on our board about whether we've been gifting them games not Brayshaw but the other two mm. so Billy Stretch is out at the moment which I think is a good balance because I thought Stretch and Neil Bullen in the same side even though we beat Geelong with those two on the same side we were pushing it a bit because as much as I rate their potential they weren't exactly impacting games that much. So while I've got you, just while you've mentioned it, because he's, uh, from memory, he's listed on the extended bench. So of that seven, who do you see as being the three emergencies or just not even included? Jamar, Matt Jones, and one of Mitchie and Newton. Jamar 100% won't play. Jamar's like, well, he's dominating VFL. He's like the Goldstein of the VFL, but I'm... Um, He's not going to. He's not going to get a look in the way Gorn's playing. He'll probably get a farewell game. Matt Jones is just a very average footballer who can run fast, and that's about it. Um, and Mitchie and Newton. Mitchie's more of an inside player. He's probably playing for his career. He's out of contract at the end of the year. He's been outside. Newton came across from Port last year. Has played more half forward. Seems a bit more natural up forward than Mitchie. Like Mitchie's very much like. He, I haven't seen him kick the ball over about 35 meters. He's more of a clearance player, and he's another one who can't get a go in there because we've got too many players. So, I think Newton will play over him because I think it's better for team balance, and I hope Newton plays over him. So it'll be so Mitchie the, out for Newton this yeah. week. So what's the deal then? If you're saying that Jamar's essentially done, you you may get a goodbye game against GWS in your final round, which will be, I think, the early Sunday game. Yep. Uh, which I'm on, on record as saying I don't know why that's there instead of the, the Adelaide Geelong game, but whatever, that's a different subject. Jamar, why is he in? Uh, is there a need? Is there uh, any niggling injuries going on? Is there? Is it cover? Is it to keep him happy? Why is when, he when, being named? Well, when it was, I think it's just they're naming him on form, but we only want to play run, one Ruckman. Like, we played two Ruckman against Geelong, Spencer and Gorn, it worked. Played against West Coast, it didn't work. And then I have a feeling we played it the next week against Essendon. Or no, I think we dropped Spencer. But honestly, like, watching us play two Ruckman, it doesn't really work. We're too tall. And we lack, we lack run without having two Ruckman inside. You put two Ruckman inside, we lose more run. JMI getting dropped earlier in the year was a bit random because he, he got dropped for Spencer. Like, I don't know if you guys remember Jake Spencer missing the ball when he was kicking for goal against North at 09. I remember that game solely because Goldstein kicked five out of nowhere. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I remember actually saying, I was like, well, at least Goldstein kicked five because we'll probably never see that again. But, like, 
that was one of the more shitter Melbourne games. But, you know, Spence is pretty average. Spence came in, then Gorn came in. Jamar just, he doesn't do enough around the ground. Even Spencer, like, gets into packs. I think I looked at Spencer's average tackles. He averages nearly six a game. He's only played about six games here, which is pretty good for a Ruckman. And Jamar averages, like, seven possessions and a couple of tackles and a goal every few weeks, but that's about it. So, so with Gorn there, and obviously Spencer and uh, not playing. Who who would just sort of pinch it in the ruck? If oh, Dawes. The I'm so worried about Dawes against Goldstein in the ruck. That's like, oh, if we can just minimise the damage in red time of each quarter in the middle, that'd be great. Because yeah, like, really? Are you serious? What for a couple of hit outs per quarter? Well, no, no, not not. He'll probably ruck more than that because Gorn's tank is like his weakness. Like I don't know if you guys watched the game last week, but Gorn was fucked at the, towards the end of the third quarter. Like he played yeah, through it, but like he was he was really struggling. And, like Goldstein like just doesn't stop, and I'm just sitting there like I was actually thinking about this week. I'm like Jesus, Dawes is bad enough. He's going to be in the ruck against Goldstein. Well, I'm so. That's so, why yeah, I asked the question about, you know, because it's a tank issue, you know, against a super endurance player of Goldstein versus a you know Gorn who's nowhere near the tank. Very good Ruffman, though, still besides that, but I was just that's why I asked the question about who can give him you know, who do you think can give him help because he's gonna fucking need it. There's no way Oh yeah, no, it'll be it'll be Dawes and Watts will go third man up every now and then. Watts does that a lot because he's actually got a decent leap and people forget he's about six foot five. But yeah, that that's our that'll be our strategy to combat it, I guess, because we can't inst- we can't make Max Gorn fitter in one week. We're just gonna have to get what we can out of his time in the middle and then minimise the damage when it's Dawes. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Yeah, um, that's, you know, yeah that's... against Infinity Dicks Ruckman Goldstein. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Twinkle Toes loves this. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably move on the to North my own question. Soon, Nate loves to interrupt me. Uh, Shut up, on, mate. Um, I just want to ask, in a general sense, what has gone wrong and what has gone right for Melbourne this year? Oh, well, I'll start with the negatives because I'm a Melbourne supporter and that's what we usually think of first. But um, the negatives would be we're still one of the worst inside 50 teams in the competition. We're still... Our scoring has improved marginally. I think we're eight points up on our average per, per game, but we still turn in some shocking games like the St Kilda game last game. The Brisbane game was the worst win I've ever seen. Like, yes, we won, but Jesus, that was... Like, Brisbane are actually that shit that they couldn't beat us. Um... What other games would chuck? Oh, Hawthorne, we got smacked by 105 points. Like, that's routine for Hawthorne against Melbourne, but I still hate losing, especially by 105 points. That's not fun. Um, Sydney, we... Our problem is against, like, good sides, and I got frustrated because I thought we did a bit against St Kilda. We go into our shells. Like, I went to the Sydney game when we played the Swans and when we played the Dockers. Well, I went to the Swans game, watched the other two, but we go into our shells... It's almost like it's Paul Roos circa 2014. Oh, I'll just make sure we don't lose by too much. And I get really frustrated because we've played some decent footy this year when we've taken the game on, but we go back to like into our shells and pushing numbers back really early and playing that that stoppage game, which like only works when you're going to run with it the other way, which we don't. So, um, so they're more te- they're more team wide negatives. I want to play what player negatives. Jones has actually been really inconsistent this year, and I think he's gotten away with it a bit. No, aside from Melbourne, not many people have noticed. Like he's been really good in our wins. He's not a downhill skier because when he plays well, it usually lifts the team. But he's been shit house in a few games as well. Dom Tyson's dropped off a bit, but oh, he's I a young player. Well. Some yeah. people are really giving him shit for it. I'm not. I don't want to pot him too much because he's like he's like I said he's barely played 50 games and he was excellent last year. So I'll give him like. 
cut him some slack. Dawes is just so, he's so Dawes. bad. He's a real, I don't know how he won a premiership for Collingwood, like Jesus Christ, they must have fluked that or some shit. He's so bad. And finally, I'll probably go with Tom McDonald's second half of the season has been poo. His first half of the season, he was outstanding. Second half of the season, like, he Danaher kicked five on him. Like, fucking Cletus. Like, it was bad enough to kick five straight. But <laughs> Speaking of which, while you've mentioned... Look, I have oh, to mention this now. Thank God you've said this because... Was it... Um, what week was it when you played Tom McDonald? Was it... Oh, sorry. wasn't that game. Was it the Collingwood game when Trav kicked the fuck Trav out kicked of seven straight. And then Danaher kicked five Tom straight. McDonald. Like, what are the odds of them kicking 12 straight in two games against us? Yeah, but Tom And then the, the next week, Danaher played you guys and misses from the goal square, and I was just watching it like, are you fucking serious? Like, um, yeah, but hang on, hang on, hang on. Tom McDonald was apparently, you know, like, the next thing for all Australian and a lock, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, pull the other one. And then you go and gets creamed up by Cloak, and then you change Ruckman at, uh, what, halfway through the quarter against Collingwood. I don't even know who went down... Um, was it Lyndon Dunn or someone like that? And I was just Dunn, like, <laughs> Dunn's actually been pretty reasonable this year. Like he was crap that game. Um, and I just thought, Jesus Christ! But um, anyway, I, I thought it was really hilarious for a guy that was supposed to be bloody excellent that he was, you know, against a shit truck like Cloak. Um, from one, well, I actually, hmm. all right, all right. in in his Cloak is a hard player to defend when he's kicking straight because he's one of the at a contested mark in the competition, but Danaher, like, there's no excuse. Like, he's going to be a good player, but he should be kicking five straight against you at this stage of his career. Like, but yeah, so uh, McDonald, yeah. McDonald just seems that he's really like athletically, he's fantastic. He gets the ball, he's a good mark, but he's actually he's yeah defensively been pretty poor. Like Dunn has Dunn had a slow start to the season, but Dunn's defensive work has been like twenty times better than Tommy Mack. And I think this week I'd play him forward, except for the fact that North have like. Um, such a Bob potential and Petrie down there, so I think yeah. he'll probably go to Ben Brown because he, Ben Brown seems to take a lot of marks on the lead and he's pretty quick and that's a better matchup for McDonald than someone like Petrie who's just going to sit there and like try and muscle him. So oh, I better talk about positives from Melbourne. Sorry, I've been waffling. Um, yeah. Obviously, Hogan this is the best young forward in the competition. I don't think, well, along with Jeremy Cameron, I don't think anyone can debate that, like... We just have to keep him, and he'll be a fantastic player. Bernie Vince is in, I think, career-best form now. Like, he's actually shutting down every player he plays on, and he's destroying them the other way, because a lot of good players don't pay any respect defensively to whoever's playing on them. Uh, we've debuted six players this year. That uh, This is not including players like Lumumba and Newton, who are from other clubs. We've debuted three first-year players. Vandenberg and Harms have come off the rookie list and Hogan. And we finally won in round one, first time in 10 years. Jesus, we won down at Geelong. So we, we won at Geelong, and we beat Geelong, and we beat Collingwood for the first time since 07. So I have a feeling we might break one or two before the end of the year, but I'm not sure if it'll be the North one this week. Um, I just want to get your opinion in terms of underrated players, not so much the younger ones, because we tend to hear about them a bit more, but yeah, underrated players like your Jedi types, your Dunn types, um, who has been? Who deserves a bit more recognition for their efforts in 2015? Well, I think on recent form, like you mentioned, Jetta, he's he's a really good quiet achiever. He's so solid in the back line. But Daniel Cross, like the guy's like 34, I think now. I've never seen a player know their limitations better. He refuses to kick the ball more than 30 meters unless he has to. 
He all, he's an excellent mark. Like, you won't see many binfielders who are a better mark than him, especially under the high ball. And he just sets such a good example around the ground. Like, last week, Sidebottom had nearly 20 to half time, and Cross went to him in the third quarter and kept him to six for the second half. So, he's been... A fantastic pickup for us, Daniel Cross. He was a listed free agent. I understand why the doggies got rid of him, but for us, he's been excellent. That's good. Um, in terms of strategy, what would it take for Melbourne to become a top eight side, and how long would it take? I think there's finals next year is a 20% chance. It depends on who we recruit in the offseason. There's a big Dion Pressier rumour that I've been reading a few places, like... I don't really believe in rumors I read on Big Footy because apparently we were going to trade picks two and three for Dangerfield last year. But um, that's really what we need. Like, I want to keep developing our young players, keep building culture and, like, all that cliche stuff that Roos says. But we really need to mature a quality midfielder and someone, ideally, who can use the ball as his composed. Because, like I said before, we've got a million guys who can win the ball. But the players we've got who can use the ball and make good decisions in like under pressure as well, I think probably Salem and Watts are the only two that I'd back into like hit a target under pressure, and the rest are just like even Bernie Vince like because he wins so much contested ball, he just gets so many hacks out of packs, and sometimes it works, and sometimes their defender just sits there and marks it, and you think they're like, why the fuck did you do that? But yeah, we just need we need to keep developing our young list, and if we secure a quality midfielder. At the end of this year, I could see us pushing for finals next year. Otherwise, I think it'll probably be more 20. Um, I've got to ask, got to ask about Jack Watts. Everyone, you probably have a few questions about it. Um, will he ever become a good player, like a good solid player? I know he's not going to be top top A grade, but will he become a solid player or not? Oh, I think I think... Yeah, I've had a love-hate relationship with Jack, like I think every Melbourne supporter has, but I think his last two months has been really good, and if he keeps playing like that, he'll never be, like, a dominant, like, footballer, but he'll be a really good contributor. He's starting to play to his strength. It's like, he's quick, he's an excellent ball user, he's composed. He keeps, like, we play tough forward, push up the ground for him. I've even seen him going for centre bounces, which I didn't expect, but um, the biggest thing for Jack, how much intensity he shows, like, everyone knows that he He's really quick for a big guy. He's an excellent user ball, but it's sometimes he's just easy or soft or both. So I think if he keeps playing the way he has the last couple of months, he'll be good. But he needs to finish the season off well and continue this into next year. I will say, though, if, as we get better as a side, we'll improve too because we'll be able to feed in the ball more. Mm, okay. Um, thanks for coming on I, tonight. I, no, that's all right, guys. I just want to say one thing I hate saying this, but um, everyone gives Jack Watt shit, but I still don't think he's that far behind Nick Matanui. <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think I don't think he's that far behind like one mark a game. Like, let's be real. But yeah, that's to be done, guys. Thanks for that. <laughs> that's all right, mate. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Cheers, boys. Best team win this week. <laughs> um, Nate, thanks for joining me, and Quiz, thanks for joining me. Not a problem. <clears throat> it's all good. Um, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in once again and listening to my ramblings. And have a good weekend, everybody.